will be starting shortly. All right, and everybody, welcome to the parlay. I'm your host, Damian. Hopefully, you guys are having a great Tuesday. We are moving right along. We are streaming on Facebook Live. So, everybody on Facebook, hello. Hope you're doing well. Hope you're tuning into the parlay. Uh, check us out at parlayallday.com. That's P A R L E. A-L-L-D-A-Y.com. Link to our newsletter. Connect with us. We have the Parlay store that just launched as well. And um, the podcast. Uh, episodes of the podcast on there. I think there are 16 on there now. And uh, we always have a great time. Every Tuesday, 6 p.m. until 7 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Uh, for those of you that are new to, to joining us uh, that are in the Parlay, uh, if you would like to uh, send a, a message to everyone through the private chat, you definitely can do so, or a personal message to someone individually, feel free to do that as well. Those of you that are uh, viewing on Facebook Live uh, and, and you want to comment, feel free to do so. The video will be posted as well uh, for everyone to see. Tonight, we're super excited. We're going to continue with the uh, amazing series we have called Let's Parlay With. And we have the one and only Gina Bannock. So welcome to the parlay. Thank you, everybody. <laughs> All right. And, you know, I'm so happy, Gina, to, to see. I mean, a lot of uh, I think the topic is amazing. I, I mean, you know, fabulous in your 40s. And, and wow. That's right. That's right. It is a topic that, you know, is near and dear to me because I am in my 40s, most of my friends are in their 40s around the world and the conversations we are having on a regular basis are quite interesting because people are going through things. Now this doesn't mean that people in other decades are not going through things, but this 
I would say between the 40s and the 50s, but you know, midlife crisis is typically between the 40s and 60s. Um, it's just so interesting. And so I wanted to open the parlay today um, with the question of, you know, whoever has ever experienced a midlife crisis, whoever is in this age bracket, what were the biggest things that you guys have struggled with? All right. And uh, anyone from the parlay can speak up on this one as well. Who's experienced a midlife crisis? Oh, okay, okay. Um, I, I see Auntie Marcy. Uh, go, go ahead, Auntie Marcy. Yeah, when I was 25, I called my best friend and said, I'm getting old. How funny. That was 25, huh? When I was 25. The thing is, you're 40. I'm almost, I don't want to say I've been around decades. Okay. The, the scary thing for me is seeing a different face in the mirror than I was used to seeing. It's like, who's that? Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, yeah, that's had, a but you know, it takes courage to, to stay alive as we get older. And I read something the other day that said, um, uh, today I, hold on. Today I help another remember their magnificence. And, and fabulous is a good word. I love that word, fabulous. And, but I also, I, I, I like this new word, magnificence. So um, I think we just need to uh, courageously face each day and not, you know, and not, uh, and stay in the moment and not cry about the past. So I'll leave it there for now. I love that. I love that. Yeah. Thank, thank you, Amars. Appreciate you. Tony Bodie, I see you raising your hand. Go ahead, Tony, take it away. <laughs> hey guys, how are you, Gina? <laughs> I'm great. I'm great. How are you? I'm ready to have some fun with you. I'm always, I'm always ready to have fun with you too. So, and you know, you know, it's funny. you know, it's funny as I heard, like in your thirties, uh, women have this long list, right? That they write out this list of what a guy has to have in order for you to marry them. And then in their forties, they cut that list in half. Well, hopefully they have half of it in their fifties. They're like maybe one or two things on that list in their sixties is I hope they're still breathing. It's just like our list gets shorter and shorter with each decade. But as far as the midlife crisis, the day we're born is the day we start our, our path back home. And so each day is, is a day of gratitude. But so I'm in my 50s now. I'm, I'm well into the mid 50s. And my favorite decade was late 20s, early 30s, for sure, hands down, because I didn't have as much responsibility as I had in my 40s. In my 50s, I really didn't give a, and I'm going to say the word, I really didn't give a shit in my 50s because you realize all the stuff you worried about in your 40s and 30s didn't even happen. And you realize your friends are passing away and things are happening and they're retiring and having grandkids. And you, so all those things in your 40s, 30s, and 20s, we find out later in life, none of it mattered. And Jacqueline, um, you know, Kennedy, Onassis Kennedy had said on her deathbed, why did I care so much? That was her last words. Why did I care so much? Mm -hmm. So if we don't learn from that, who was the most 
proper woman to, to grace our planet with the president of the United States, you really got to look back at why did she say that? And it's because we care so much in our 30s and 40s. Our midlife crisis comes in our 40s because we do care. So what I think in my 50s, giving it to you guys in your 40s, 30s, and 20s is you need to do things each day that make you feel good and help another person and really don't have the idealistic vision for your future. Because I can't tell you if I know anybody that planned out their life and it played out the way they thought it was going to play out. So um, you'll have a midlife crisis for the rest of the time you're breathing if you care. Now, I'm not saying care from the heart, but care from the head. Get rid of that. And that's what I'm adding to the parlay today. I like that. Thank you, Tony. Thank you. Go ahead, Gina. Thank you. I think uh, just to give a response um, to um, what Tony said, one of the things that I discovered in my research about midlife crisis, you know, I, I'm a life coach. I love to study psychology. I want to know why we do the things we do, why we feel the way we feel and all of this is that we are struggling with our inner child, right? So that's an eight-year-old or a seven-year-old being inside of us who's rebelling and who is full of criticism. Uh, it's that child is comparing itself to everyone else around us and is also full of judgment. So considering this, I, I find this to be very true because, and, and one of the things that we learn when we learn how to maneuver around those things and let go of those things, especially comparison. I always say comparison is the killer of all joy because if we compare ourselves to every person out there, you know, especially like now that we're talking specifically about a midlife crisis and I go, well, if I compare myself now, you know, to every woman around me, there's always gonna be somebody more this, more that you know, more fabulous over here and more fabulous over there, but that's okay because I believe that we all are very special and carry great value from the day we were born. It's just that the way we're raised, the, what we hear in society, in social media, from the okay. television, our parents, our surroundings, it's sort of like we, we are so built uh, to, to live in a space of comparison. And then we think that a better car is gonna give me better value. If I have more money in my bank account and whatever my career is or my title is, I'm gonna have more value and I need it because if I don't have those things or a younger wife, if I'm a dude in my mid fifties and I need a girl in my twenties, you know what I mean? Like I'm gonna try and up the ante over here. I need that because if I don't have any of those things, where's my value? Yep, so, that's, that's true, yeah. We just really have to go inward and see who we really are underneath it all. And to know, you know, we're all on the same uh, track of aging and yep and of understanding who we are and hopefully coming to a place of peace. And like Tony said, uh, be kind and be of service and help others. And don't think just cause you got some wrinkles on your forehead that now you you lost all of your value. Yeah, definitely. definitely. I see Abigail raising her hand. Abigail, welcome to the parlay. Hey, thanks. Um, I actually just came from an investing seminar online too. And I wanted to speak on the comparison 
that you were mentioning, Gina. And one of the things they shared was uh, don't compare your chapter one to someone else's chapter 20. And I think it could go both ways. Like don't compare your chapter 20. Like you're in a different part of life than everyone else, you know, that you may look at and say, oh, and I think that just kills our happiness. So I think that's really an, an important message. And I, it really stayed with me what you just said. So thank you for sharing. I'm so glad, Abigail. And I, I always want to say too, is that, you know, someone's fabulous might be different than another person's fabulous. I mean, you know, I've heard of many things, ghetto fabulous. I mean, what's ghetto fabulous compared to fabulous? Uh-huh, Donna, I see you raising your hand. Go ahead, Donna. You know what? Some of our, our crisis, what we call midlife crisis, come up to be our greatest teachers. Mm-hmm. You know, for our, for our greater evolution. I, mean, I went through... I survived a stroke on an airplane in my 50s. I went blind and was paralyzed. And the doctor gave me no hope of ever seeing again, ever using my hand. And you know what? I took it as I never, I never looked like, why did this happen to me? I said, I asked the universe, show me what I am to learn from this experience. It's just another experience we're having. So it's how you look at everything that happens to us. It's what, how you judge, whether to look at the glass half empty or half full, it's up to you. It's not, you can't control everything that happens, but you can control how you respond to it. I like that. Thank you, Donna. Thank you, Marie. I see you. Welcome to the parlay. Hopefully your Tuesday as well. Yeah, sorry I was late. Uh, I just had to finish my call, but um, no problem. I'm trying to understand what uh, midlife crisis is really um, defined because I feel like in all my life, there's always a crisis in every part of my life. So I don't really know what part we're talking about. Uh, but one thing that really stood out in my mind is that when I uh, left the corporate world and, and, and uh, jumped into being uh, uh, an entrepreneur, I think that change of life, you know, business career, you know, where you're dependent on an income and then now you have to you know, uh, come up with your own strategies, your own business and everything uh, is all on you. That is such a change of concept of life for me because uh, what I found is that not only uh, it challenged me um, and I struggled emotionally, physically, but at the same time, it opened up a lot of my eyes in terms of what I have and what I'm capable of doing. So it gave me a lot of discovery of who I am and in terms of, and I, I would say, because of the crisis, it created a new uh, me for, for going through that process. So that's why I think, you know, I don't know what a crisis is in, in mid, mid, midlife because <laughs> I've had so many problems in my entire life. I just had to go overcome it. Yeah. And, you know, I have a question for you, Gina, as well, is um, so the word is midlife crisis. Does it actually have to happen in your midlife or can a crisis actually a midlife crisis actually happen when you're like in your teens i think that a crisis can constantly occur um the teens are a very difficult portion in life because we are trying to figure out who we are and because we have our parents around us who they want to you know, fit us into their mold 
and however they define their own selves and their value, I think it's very difficult to be an adolescent. And then, you know, same thing, it goes further in your 20s, then you start adulting. You know, it's like you're riding the bike without the, the, the training wheels on anymore and you go, can I do this really? So I do believe that there are great challenges and crises to overcome in every decade. Um, and I think that every person's journey is just so uniquely different. But I think that we do relate to each other when we speak about certain time brackets of our lives right so if i go oh my god what did i do when i was 20 if i can still remember right so so there's certain but every person has specific groundbreaking moments but something to what to add on to what donna was saying i think that we as people one of the questions is can we actually ever just be satisfied do we understand that life is just a complete journey do we have the ability to be satisfied with what we have or are we constantly searching for things that we don't have are we always thinking that the grass might be greener somewhere else yeah that's good stuff good stuff tony Bodie, i see you raising your hand uh great topic so I had my midlife crisis at 29. So I had three successful nightclubs um, and I thought there had to be more to life. And I lived in Kalamazoo, Michigan at the time. I'd finished college. And so I sold all the clubs. I bought a 10-year-old Porsche 911. I moved all the way across the country to California. Does this sound like a typical, you know, the cliche midlife crisis? Male leaves his girlfriend, leaves yeah. his wife, leaves his family. Typical, right? I went through that. And what I found is I found a new life here in LA, but I still had the old me with me. And what I learned through my spiritual journey is the only way you're ever going to be happy in life ever, the only way is if you help somebody else be happy. You get happiness from giving it. You don't get it from finding it. You don't acquire it. You don't build it through stuff, power, fame, looks. You have to give it away to get happiness. Now, in each generation, it means a little different, but I think the standard midlife crisis means from zero to whenever it happens, you had an expectation for yourself. One day you wake up, you look around, and you don't have any of the stuff you thought you were going to have. You don't have the family you thought you were going to have. You don't have the life, the house, the car. You don't have the job. You didn't reach a certain level. You don't have the corner office, the corporate ladder, and you go, wait a second, my life's half over if I'm lucky to get another day, mm -hmm. something's got to change. And I can't be responsible for how my wife felt or how my kids felt or how I felt if I, if I go to my deathbed and I don't at least try. Some people think about it and don't do it. I did it. I jumped. Yeah. And yeah. I learned was, oh my God, there was so much more life. Now I didn't leave a family. I didn't do that. But I left a career, a very successful paycheck and I bought a 10-year-old car because here's the last thing I'm going to say. What's the difference with a 10-year-old Porsche and a brand new Porsche? 10 years ago, that Porsche was badass. Why is it still not badass 10 years later? That was my philosophy. But you know what? I kept that Porsche for 20 years. And then somebody put me in their new Lexus. And I went, oh, 
this is what I missed for 20 years was all the new technology they added in the vehicles because of the brand, the name brand Porsche. So I learned a lot. It's, 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 you don't always have to have the newest thing to enjoy it and you don't have to own it to enjoy it. My buddy owns a boat. I enjoy the, the boat as much as he enjoys the boat. You'll see, yeah. you'll see a video I posted here for, um, for the parlay, which I gave Damien, which you guys will air, but that ain't my boat but we can enjoy the boat. So right, hopefully this right. <laughs> and, and I, man, Tony, you, you hit the nail on the coffin. I think I said that right. I think I said right that right. You hit the I, nail on the head. <laughs> yeah. I, I, yeah. I always say the coffin, the head, everybody's probably laughing right now, but you know, <laughs> but, I'll tell you since it, you said this, Damien, do you know what nine inch nails means? What's nine inch nails mean? Those are the, the length of the nails they use to close the coffin. Oh, <laughs> there it is. There it is. Yeah, there it is. You know, what I wanted to say was, um, and Tony, I mean, that was right on point, but we have to be content with what we have. I, I think a lot of people these days are not content. You know, they're always wanting the newest TV, you know, after they just bought a TV two years ago, that's fantastic. You know, they always want a, a, a newer model of a car, you know, or they got to lease a car and, and spend $500 on, on a note when that could be going towards a house and they're living in an apartment that costs, you know, their rent might be $500 a month, you know, for, for a studio in like the boondocks and literally they're, they're actually leasing a car that costs seven, eight, $900. It's like people are always trying to, to basically be like the Joneses when the Joneses are, are broke. And so if people just, acknowledge that and learn and know that you could be debt free. You know, you can, you can rock the same clothes that you've been rocking for a year, two years, three years, four years, the same pants and not have to always go out and buy true religion jeans or whatever the case may be. I think people would win overall. So um, yeah, great, great, uh, great update, Tony. Uh, Marie, I see you raising your hand. Go ahead, Marie. Yeah. Um, I think part of not being contented is people do not understand why, why they exist in this world, because uh, that was also part of what I was, uh, uh, what I discovered through this journey of, you know, having all these challenges is trying to understand why, why am I here? What is my purpose? And I think once you define that and you really understand who you are, which is what Gina was talking about is really understanding and defining who you are is that when you understand what your purpose is, then everything else comes together because money is not gonna be the driver of that uh, purpose. It's gonna be really is uh, ultimately is about how you serve other people. And when you understand how you serve other people, then everything else will be, uh, be very rewarding for you. Um, so even if, if you're, I, I remember hearing um, this, uh, this from a lady from a church and she was sharing her story about how she had this bored um, vision of herself that she wants to accomplish all of these things, which she did. And then after she accomplished it and she was asking, is that it? What else is there? So she was one, because it's all material things, what she was hoping to achieve and, and she did achieve all of it. But after that, she was asking herself, is that it? Is there anything else? So that's where you really try to understand why do you why are you here in this world? Why what's your purpose? So I think part of it is your your connection uh, with your spirituality and you know 
even with the relationship with God, if you understand what that is, then maybe you'll have a better direction and you'll know what to do. That's great stuff. Great stuff. Thank you, Marie. I, I couldn't agree more. Um, I think that purpose and knowing your purpose is so under, you know, it's, it's people need to understand how important that is because I think there are so many who just go with the motions of life. Um, they might have, you know, even a job that's a sweet little job and we are all creatures of habit. So it only makes sense to, you know, just stay there and like coast along in this, in this and that. But I think we have to ask ourselves truly, just like Marie said, um, what is my purpose? I asked myself this question for so many years and it's scary to change direction in life. It sucks to change direction in life, especially when you have gone and put in a lot of time and effort into one specific thing because you thought this is my direction. Uh, I have gone in the last 25 years to come full circle back to really to where I need to be. And I, I, when people ask me, what do you do? I'm not going to give them a job description. But what I'm here on this earth to do is I'm a messenger of love. So I just use my voice to, you know, to help others and to hope that to teach others that everyone is an absolutely amazing human being and is worthy of love, is worthy of all the things that they desire and that we hold the key to our own inner happiness. That's good stuff, good stuff. Um, Donna, I see you raising your hand. Go, go ahead, Donna. Yeah, I just wanted to build on what something Gina said, which was very striking for me, is that change, people, it is hard for people to accept change. Yet change is the only thing constant ever in our lives. And we have to be flexible because if the tree is not flexible, when the wind comes, it breaks because it can't bend. So I, I found that worked for me because a perfect example, I started out to be a real estate agent, got my license within six months, got my license. As soon as I got my license, the market plummeted. And I was like, why did this happen? And you know what? I got a job as a real estate photographer because I had a real estate license. I did a project called Photographing America. I photographed for two years for Google. And all the houses you see on Google, a lot of them I've done in Southern California, made great money. And now I'm a photographer in Hollywood. The universe wanted me to get that license so that I could become that photographer. If I hadn't been flexible, then I would have still been selling. And I love photography. It's made me, done so much for me. So one thing we got to learn is flexibility and change. Be open always to change. Yeah, we got we got to be open to change and flexibility. I think that's the key, you know, is that, you know, even when you sit down and you write your blueprint, you, you have to write your blueprint and know that, okay, this is my, this is my blueprint. This is my guide, but who's to say something might not come up to where it propels you in a different direction. And I think <clears throat> like, for example, when I was in, in college, I wrote up a blueprint with how I was going to complete the classes in order to graduate as soon as possible. And I made it happen. You know, I knew that my grandfather was getting older. He passed away at 95. 
and he wanted to see me graduate before he passed. So I, I had a game plan. I went to summer school. I put through three classes in the summer school and you have to have a blueprint, stay on track and know that if you do wiggle or tend to fall off, you got to jump right back on and keep it moving. Tony Bodie, I see you. Go ahead. <laughs> so how do you know the difference between your plan and God's plan? And this is uh, directed at Donna, basically, or Gina. But Donna, how do you know the difference between your plan and God's plan? <laughs> That's a good question. I think, I think it goes hand in hand, truly. I mean, there, there are some people, you know, not everyone is spiritual. Not everyone believes in God, but say you believe in energy, the energy of the universe, right? So I think it all comes in a form of whispers, of intuition. How do you really, you know, in moments of doubt and fear, I really try to take some steps back and not so much um, obsess about the outcome of a situation, but know that whatever happens is exactly orchestrated because it's meant to happen in my life for me. There's either a lesson in the situation and, um, you know, and I have to move through specific things. So just like, you know, Donna's heart attack. I mean, it's insane, but I think, there's so many lessons in, in those crazy moments. But yeah, you know, if it, I don't think I can answer for absolutely every person and say, hey, this is God. And but call it whatever you want to call it. God, the universe. I believe in a higher power. I believe in God. So for me, I think it all goes hand in hand. Right. So what I would say and what I've been taught is how do you know the difference between your plan and God's plan? What is happening? is God's plan. And you said it so well through the universe. What's happening is what's happening. It's how we accept it or how we define it. That's a whole nother circumstance. What is your definition of what is happening, good or bad? You, If you label it good or bad, you've now put judgment to it. If you label it as, oh, this is the path. I'm on the right path. It's taking me to a different path that who knows this path might've brought me to, gave me the glory that I would have never gotten taken the path I thought was glorious. And so just enjoy the, the life as a movie and watch your movie unfold is the way I like to look at life. And there's good and bad, ups and downs. Yeah, Gina? And I want to add that for some reason, and I think we are all the same in this statement, somehow we are incapable of appreciating good things when they smack us in the face. We have to go through bad things and bad experiences in order to then go, oh, well, that was good to begin with. Right. Well, it's like putting your hand on a stove. You do it once, you're probably not going to do it again. But if your mother stops you from doing that, you'll never know. And then you might put your hand in a fire and lose your hand. That, that's it's true. That's true. Pain. Little pain, not the big pain, the little pain. But this is yeah. what I really want to ask you, Gina. And I read in the comments, um, you know, are you, what do you think about having a baby in your 40s? I got a divorce, not because I wanted one, but because my wife found me to have a baby and we didn't make a baby. And then she went past her prime and couldn't have a baby. And so she's like, well, what do I need you for anymore? Like, I mean, she fired me. <laughs> if she's watching, you fired your oh, husband. Oh, that's, that's cold. That's cold, man. That's cold. You know, my ex-wife came me on. So, I know, I know. You know. She said to me, you're not producing. So you're fired. I treat, I treat my relationships like a business. 
And oh, I got fired. Man. And it was the best thing she ever did to me. But so yeah. what about adoption, Gina? Do you believe that there's a lot of beautiful kids? It doesn't have to be your bloodline. What do you think of adoption? Yes, a thousand percent. I, I do want to uh, answer on this topic because I am smack dead in the middle of this situation. Uh, you know, I'm 44 years old and my biological clock is ticking like nobody's business. And it has probably for a good 10 years. But my belief and what I felt in my spirit is right is to find the right partner and then have a child. Not just to have a child, you know, it's easy to make one. I mean, at a certain point in life, right? <laughs> More or less. Um, but um, so, so that was my philosophy. And then I waited and waited and the, you know, also the universe and God didn't, you know, let me cross paths with the person I was supposed to be together with in the time frame that I thought this should happen. But I think that, you know, now I'm with someone, we are on the same path. We will try to do everything the, the, the best way we can, but if it doesn't work out, you know, if I can't have a child coming out of my body, why not adopt children? There's so many beautiful kids out there in the world who need love, who need a parent. You know what? We have two dogs and I love these guys so much. I was like, if I can, if anyone did anything to these dogs, uh, God knows what I'm capable of doing. So, <laughs> so that means I believe See. that my heart can expand and and that, you know, me and my partner, we would be two absolutely fantastic parents. So, so, but let's see also here, what is God's plan? Exactly, exactly. Marie, I see you raising your hand. Go ahead, Marie. Um, I want to go back to that God's plan and your plan, because I like to make plans. Okay, okay. <laughs> but I do believe, <laughs> I do believe God is behind uh, my plans because he put me in this world to do great things. And so uh, he gave me the talents and the skills to be creative and to serve people. So I believe in what I have in my mind in creating plans. And when God says it's good, he'll definitely support it. And if God puts something in there that will block it, yep, then the, the, it. the acceptance is you need to let go and know that you have faith in God. There's a there's, everything. There's there it has a reason uh has a good reason for it and Doesn't, to be honest with you every time i get a challenge like somebody just gives me something that you know gives me a hard time and actually it will it always comes out that it's a good thing that i find out about it right away and that is taken away from all the future challenges that i have to deal with that uh person so yeah. anything that happens actually is a good thing for you uh, whether you think it's it's bad or good, because there is a reason why it's happening and it will save you headache in the future. Yeah, definitely. My, 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 yeah. my wife and I, we always go off of the, the saying, you got to let go and let God. And so he, he, we just we just let go and let God and, and, and he makes things happen. So fantastic. Yeah, and, and, and in addition to the, you know, having kids, you know, uh, I think especially with Tony's situation, what I can say to you, Tony, is that you know, you know who you are, you have a lot to offer in this world, and it's her loss. And she made that decision. And you go move on with your life. 
and you do great things and you will be giving your gifts to other people. So I have lost people in my life, friends, you know, connections, but you know what? I have no regrets because they are meant to be in my past. I've given them my gifts. And now the new people that are coming into my life are the one now deserving my gifts. And that's how you need to look at everything that's happening in your life. I appreciate that. Thank you. You're welcome. Pretty great stuff. Donna, did you have to say something too earlier? Um, I wasn't sure. Okay, gotcha. Gina, it's all you. Yeah, so I mean, uh, this is obviously very interesting. Um, I wanted to ask you guys, um, what are some of the craziest things that you've experienced from friends and people around you? What, what are things that they have done besides buying the Porsche? <laughs> besides leaving the wife, but relationships obviously is one of my favorite topics because, you know, uh, one always could evolve in any relationship, but I mean, are there just things that you've experienced and you just went like, what in the hell just happened here? Yeah, let's go parlay. Let's go parlay. I, I see Tony. Go, go ahead, Tony. Um, I see a lot of people not willing to go for what they want to go for. I came to LA and all my friends are back in Michigan and they're watching the life that I live. It looks bigger than it is. It's a good life, but I'm not a multi, multi, multi-millionaire. I'm living a good life. But they think oh, I'm the most powerful person in Hollywood and I'm a rock star and famous and blah, 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 blah. And we all, you guys know me, that ain't true. But it's okay if they think that. I'm okay with that. But they wish they would have made the move. And it breaks my heart that they don't at least come visit and see and try new things. Because now, you know, if they're in their 50s too, you know, until their family, you know, and they're old enough now that I think their family's left, they could do it. But I think they've grown roots. But they always wish they would have. They always wish they would have. And that's what I see. People don't take the risk. They don't, they don't try it. Yeah. Yeah. Thank, thank you, Tony. Uh, Donna, I see you. Go, go, go ahead, Donna. I agree with you, Tony. Nothing ventured, nothing gained. And they said more people die from regretting for what they didn't do than anything else. So I agree. You got you to you gotta do it. We only go around once as we know of. Yeah. I mean, I like, I like Steve Harvey's, um, once again, I mean, I, I bring that up all the time. You know, his, his message is about jump. You know, you got to jump. You know, if you don't jump, you're just going to be left in the plane. I mean, you're never going to uh, fulfill uh, your passion, your dream, if you don't put that foot out there. Um, you got to do it. Marie, I see you. Go ahead, Marie. Yeah, it goes back to, you know, how strong your faith is in God. Because if you have a very strong faith in God, you don't have to be fearful about anything. And I see people have trouble committing you know, in a relationship because they are afraid they see a lot of negative things in the future. I mean, why? You know, why look at the negative? Why can't you just go through the process, experience good and bad? And that's what life is about anyway. So uh, I think, you know, when people are so fearful, they make bad decisions and they miss out a lot on a lot of the beautiful things that they can experience in the future. So like what Tony was saying, you know, this uh, person uh, didn't want to commit. So that person missed everything that Tony can, you know, make her feel good and, <laughs> and make her feel special. So that's the problem with people. Don't be afraid. Have a strong faith that you are uh, being directed to a beautiful thing in life. I love it. I love it. I love it. Gina, it's all you. What about 
about the other guys here? What about Rob? What about Sylvester, Vaughn? Uh-oh, calling people out. Yeah, so uh, uh, you guys. What are yeah, you guys? Rob and, and, and Tony, Tony Flowers. That you see. Give me one second. Uh, there's Rob. Repeat the question. Repeat the question. Oh, look at me. Um, what are what are some things that you are either experiencing, meaning um, symptoms and signs of a midlife crisis, either in your life or any of your friends? Like, what are some crazy things that you see and experience? That's a great question. Um, right now, unfortunately, with midnight with midlife crisis, I'm experiencing a lot of friends going through divorces. Mm -hmm. Um. And I learned this in school. When men go through divorces, they typically get a fast car and get a younger woman. Yes. And that's just that's just the reality of it. Um, this is a, a proven fact. There's actually a term that's specifically used for these things for men when they do that. Um, but midlife crisis, you know, yeah, it, it gets tough. You know, you start to lose your hair. Your testosterone is lower. So maybe your muscle mass is not the same. Uh, maybe your sex drive is messed up. So it's like we try to do things to kind of pep up our step as men. Um, but the thing about women is their sex drive <laughs> doesn't get really mature until 35. I know. So it's, it's ironic. Yeah. So, 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 and we're at our highest at 18. Did you know that? 18? What? 18. So we're high. Uh, okay. 18 to 21. So but, but women, but, but women, but women is 35 to 40. So therefore, when they're coming their peak, we've been coming out of our peak. <laughs> uh, uh, st statistically now. And the women are, are ready to hit the gas pedal. Absolutely. Guys, I gotta tell you, there's two. Men get two. We get them in 18, and then we also get it when we get older. Women right. get 40 in 30s, right? 30 to 33. So I just, thought it was 35, but I guess we're on the same page, Tony. We're around 35 women get it, you're right. And um, that's the thing that for men that are single, that when women come out of that and, and you know, we keep ourselves in shape and, you know, um, we don't have any problems like physically or with any Viagra. So they're, they're prime candidates. So for women, they actually seems like they would do better than men because men are on the downslide according to the statistics. Why yeah. do you look 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 at look at at every sports channel, look at every late night thing for men. The only thing that is being promoted is um penis enhancement. Can I say that on here? Yeah. Hey, hey, hey you know it's the parlay, man. Definitely. Okay, go ahead. So penis enhancement and balding. Those are the two things that men are that have commercials for men during all of sports 24/7. So that's obviously saying that our hair is gone and our and our erections are gone too. It's a problem. <laughs> and, oh and man, that, that. I am so thankful that I am not a man because that must be a tough thing to experience. Because absolutely, you're looking at yourself as the younger version where everything is properly functioning and then you go what is the deal right now so i mean that's good stuff i see i see marie marie you're raising your hand go ahead marie okay um i've been around okay i i've been married i have kids 
So I, you know, I've been married twice, divorced twice. Okay. So I, I kind of know I have the experience, but here's one thing, you know, after what you guys said in terms of the age uh, difference with women and men, I think part of what we're missing is really what the true love is in terms of expressing love to each other. Um, I mean, you know, it doesn't have to be really physical all the time. There are ways to make, make it so passionate that it doesn't require sex. So um, something that I think men need to understand that women are very emotional. And if you guys understand how to, you know, work with that without being physical, I mean, you guys are like masters. You're gonna control the women if you can handle that. Oh, <laughs> You're right. You, you know, you know what? I, I, speaking from a personal experience, I dealt with someone that, because I'm out of shape right now, and her last boyfriend was in shape, had a great body, nice-looking guy, tall, dark, and handsome, and she was not attracted to him mentally so now i'm all fat and i'm all out of shape but she's attracted to me mentally so therefore it's a totally different person i actually thought that she was approved and i actually thought that maybe it was something wrong with her that she wasn't motivated sexually but the fact of the matter is just like you touched upon she was not mentally stimulated and it starts here first before it starts with anything else you wonder how that fat guy got that girl He's mentally stimulating her most of the time. You it's wonder how that, ugly, Sylvester. that you got that you got that ugly guy. You got that ugly guy. You're like, damn, how did he get her? Because he's mentally stimulating her. So hey. the physical part is just right afterwards, and it it works hand in hand. Hey, so T flowers, T yes, flowers, T yes, flowers. Are, are you uh, sure the the fat guy does not have fat pockets? It's all about the dollar. You know what? That's part of it too. But you know what? If it's still mentally stimulating her, then who can say that she's right or wrong? Right. Yeah, you're right. Hey, you're right. Hey, hey, I see Rob over here. Rob, are you ready to uh respond on, to Yeah, Rob? yeah. Let Come me on, chime in here, guys. Look at hey, hey everybody. I'm sorry I'm what late. Up, I'm, Rob? I'm coaching. Good to see everybody. So me and life crisis. Um I you know, I, I'm I went through mine, but I think mine was a, a revelation of this. You know, growing up, I was always um, on top of my game. I was always uh, extroverted. I was always popular. And I had to realize as you get older, you know, you got to pass the torch. And you got to be comfortable kind of playing the back seat. It's like, you know, Kobe Bryant at the Lakers, you know, or, you know, you, you're, you're the star. But then it's got new stars coming in the game. And you got to know how to adjust. And you can't let that period where you're taking a back seat make you start wearing skinny jeans and trying oh, to, you know, and, and do the craziest right things, you know? So for me, I, I'm realizing where I'm at and I'm happy in my stage of life. Um, I'm just more tuned in to what people of my age in their late forties are doing. The ones that are on pace with like, you know, being mature and being parents and giving back and establishing something that meets, leaves a legacy it's not about just you know clubs and nightclubs anymore you know um and then touching on you know we talked a little i guess we transitioned a little bit into like sexual drives and stuff women and men i think ultimately affection and romance and all that stuff you know that's case by case we're all different we all love and give love different but i think it's all about communication i don't think it gets old on anyone's radar i think you just gotta 
know how to keep the uh, the flames in the in the um in the fire lit. You know, you got to have conversations to keep it stimulated. And I remember a person told me back in the days, and they were always stuck. He said, you know, whatever. And, and women, you could tell me if I'm right or wrong, but he was telling me about a woman saying, look, anytime whatever a woman didn't get from her previous man is once you provide that one thing, you pretty much inherited everything else because everything was about that one thing that one person didn't give her. So if that miss was romanticness, and you were, and she was missing that, and you met her, and you were that person. You kind of acquired a lot of other elements as well. So, you know, I just try to figure out what my partner wants and what makes her happy. But I'm my drive ain't gonna never stop until I'm 99 years old. Amen, <laughs> <laughs> hey, my brother. Hey, hey, you know what, Rob? You know, Rob, I, I like that drop, man. I like that drop. How you talked about, you know, if you can fulfill what a woman has been lacking you pretty much checkmate you know you 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 win you know checkmate right. um and that's that's can amazing I, man appreciate can that I please drive. explain can i explain can i please explain what i have coined that term what have you coined that term tony the backup the backup quarterback the backup quarterback that, the backup that quarterback <laughs> is watching the starter seeing all his mistakes seeing how the team feels, seeing if he has the room as the leader, seeing what the coach does and doesn't like about him, seeing what mistakes that he's made. So therefore, he's just sitting there with a clipboard, just taking notes all day. I'm taking notes. I'm taking notes all day. So then when it's time for him to start, he already has an advantage over everyone because that clipboard, he's been taking notes, sir. That's deep. That's deep. Hey. I call the backup quarterback. That's a great, that's a great term. Great term. Marie, I see you raising your hand, Marie. Go ahead, Marie. I, I think, you know, uh, with what Rob said, it's that communication. Um, one thing it works for me uh, with, you know, the way I communicate with people is, uh, you know, being uh, empathetic. So you always put yourself in their position, try to understand where they're coming from and, you know, having really good listening skills that will make it so good for everybody in terms of how you can express love to each other. And, and I think that's the best thing you can do. Yeah. And I think about communication is really, really big. I mean, without communication, I mean, a relationship fails. Um, you know, my wife and I talk about that all the time. You know, you have to have communication. Um, and I think, uh, you know, that's why there's so many divorces and, and so many failed relationships. You know, I've been in past relationships. We all have to where, they just, they failed. And a lot of it is due to communication. So great stuff. Gina, go ahead. I agree. And I want to say this, um, you know, with age comes wisdom. And so from a woman's perspective, um, speaking to you men out there, what is beautiful for a man who is in his 40s and his 50s is when you see the light bulb coming on and when you see that the man also can appreciate much different qualities in the woman than just simply her exterior, right? To also the point of Sylvester, it all goes both ways. I mean, women are much more, um, you know, emotionally built 
And so for us, it is a little bit easier to connect to someone when we feel we are mentally stimulated. But I think we just definitely need three components. It's the brain, the heart, and down there. So when all of this connects together, you know, but it sort of trickles down, then we have a great, a great connection and a great chance of love. And like Damian said, communication is the everlasting key to success in any relationship. That's so true. That's so true. And uh, amazing, amazing. I mean, we're coming up on uh, three minutes. I see big Rob raising his hand. Go ahead, Rob. Hey, um, hey, hey, hey Rob, kind of losing you a little bit. Because we're talking about a little bone in, in, in this place. Okay. Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Is that better? Yes, better. Okay. Go ahead. So I have a quick question. So we're talking about we're talking about mentally stimulated. And this is just to the ladies, if we got a quick second. When we talk about mentally stimulated, because there's different layers of it, are we talking about mentally stimulated like big money talk? Are we talking about mentally stimulated deep no. thinker? Are we talking mentally stimulated like romantic Shakespeare stuff? Like because we say mentally stimulate us, can we elaborate a little bit more from a woman's perspective, what really matters with that mentally stimulated portion? I would say that mentally stimulating means accepting the woman who she is with all of her flaws and also talking about, you know, uh, vulnerability, meaning what are the things that you struggle with? I personally, I'm not looking for a unicorn. You know, I want to know what it is that you're struggling with. What are your fears? What makes you sad? What makes you happy? It's okay to cry because you're human. Those are moments that I can deeply connect with someone. I don't want a guy who always just puts on a suit and his game face and just tells me every day, every day's good, every day's great. How are you doing? Great, because that is not your authentic self. So I think that connection is built when we when you know let go of all the other stuff and the representative leaves the relationship. Uh, and then we we show up. And we talk about the real nitty gritties of our lives. That, that's what I mean with, you know, don't try to just impress me with money because, you know, or, or those kind of things. And perhaps I'm just speaking for myself. Maybe the other ladies want to chime in here as well. Good stuff. Good stuff. I see uh, Marie raising her hand. Go ahead, Marie. Um, I, you know, I think for my own uh, uh, perception in terms of uh, communication or uh, again, you have to have some intellectual uh, conversation and also understanding that, um, you know, it's, it's trying to make someone be a better person. When they feel like they're uh, becoming better from the communication you're having with them, I mean, that is actually the best thing you can do is to make them be better, uh, be a better person. I think that's the key right there. If they feel like they're growing with you because like of that. how you communicate with them, oh my God, you're stimulating them like crazy. <laughs> I like that. I like that. I like that a lot. Yeah, that's that's powerful. Awesome. Yeah. Um, I see Tony Bodie. Go ahead, Tony. <laughs> I, I think the true test of a relationship's gonna make it. Name five of your favorite bands. And if they don't know what you're talking about, <laughs> it's only sexual. <laughs> I had to drop that. 
Exactly. Oh, that's a good drop right there. Tony Flowers, Tony Flowers. Oh, you're muted. I said, oh shit, thank you. I said, who's to say that the money may stimulate her, right? She may orgasm from that. That may excite her. So that may be her version of stimulation. You see what I'm saying? It all depends on the woman that you choose. I could have the smallest penis, but the biggest bankroll, kind of like what someone said, and that stimulates her. Yeah, and then so the different strokes for different folks, yes. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Well, this, yeah. this parlay, this parlay, man, I got to say, it took off on a whole nother level right here. That, <laughs> that's what happens at the parlay. You never know what you get. You never know what you expect. That's right. Fantastic stuff. Fantastic. So we are coming up on, we're 701. Um, Gina, any, any, any wrap up before we uh, close out? Good job, Gina. Thank you. Good so job, great. Gina. Thank you everyone great. for joining. Um, I guess my final two cents are appreciate what you have right here, right now. Appreciate who you are. Um, and enjoy the ride, enjoy the journey, because tomorrow is not for granted. Yeah, and that's that's a that's a great thing. That's a great way on how to how how to conclude. Um, I just want to thank everybody once again on behalf of the Parlay Network just for being here um, every Tuesday, six p.m. until seven p.m. And we, we had a great turnout today. Great turnout. People can drop in. Uh, we are Facebook live streaming. So people are going to hear this message as far as what we were talking about on the parlay. Um, and it will be as well on our podcast on our website. So if you're working out at the gym, um, if, if you're if you're at home relaxing, you can listen to all of our parlays at parlayallday.com. Uh, P-A-R-L-E-A-L-L-D-A-Y.com. And uh, check us out. Keep in contact with us every week. Uh, fantastic. Everyone have a safe and wonderful. Oh, Gina has something to say. Go ahead, Gina. Yes, that's right. And if anyone who's listening out there is struggling with life, is struggling with self-love, is struggling with purpose, is struggling in a relationship, I'm here to help help. I'm a certified life coach. So just find me on Instagram at Gina Bannock, send me a message and let's talk. There it is. That's how we do it. We drop like that. And everybody remember to parlay all day. We'll see you next week. Everybody have a safe one. Stay safe. Bye, Take care. Great Thank job, you. Gina. Great job. All right now. Bye-bye. <laughs>